Hey guys, welcome to Self Obsessed. This is your host. Host? Is that the right word? Am I a host? I don't know. I guess I'm the guy doing the podcast, so host will will stand in place until we figure out a better better title. Anyways, uh, started this podcast a couple months ago. Each week, it's my goal to talk to different people in the worlds of entertainment, literature, philosophy, politics, sports, and we want to dig into the world of self-improvement, self-help, and then talk a little bit about the self-help industry. In the weeks to come, I'm going to be talking to uh, a friend of mine who did the Landmark Forum. I don't know if you've ever been approached by anyone about that, but it's uh, definitely like a self-help organization that's got uh, a lot of mystique behind it. Um, that will be interesting. I have another friend coming on to talk about his experience doing the Tony Robbins four-day program. If you guys have Netflix, there's a documentary out right now called I'm Not Your Guru. And um, I don't know if you guys were like me and you thought Tony Robbins was a bit of a, maybe a bit of a shyster. You know, you may have grown up with those those 800 ads on TV. Um, you know, maybe I'm not someone that totally responds well to the super high energy group think thing. Um, but this documentary on Netflix, take a look at it. I think it'll dispel some preconceived notions you have about Tony Robbins. And um, I thought I had my buddy on to talk about his experience. I know it was a good one. This week, I have on my good friend, Kevin M. Brennan. For those of you that don't know Kevin, uh, he is the unofficial Los Angeles karaoke guru. Uh, Kevin is definitely the person in my life I know that is the foremost expert upon all things karaoke he hosted one of the first live band karaoke shows of all time, which started in Chicago, then it spread all over the country. And if you don't know what live band karaoke is, that's when you do karaoke, not with a digital backing track, but with a live band. Yeah, it's advanced level stuff, guys. And that's just just a little bit of what we're going to get into on this podcast. The whole point of this podcast uh, this week for you guys is for those of you that karaoke and want some tips and tricks on how to get better. We're going we're gonna to give you all the insider goodies. For those of you that maybe think, God, I, I really want a karaoke, but I, I'm afraid to sing or I don't want to be embarrassed or that's just terrifying to me, we're going to give you guys some advice on how to get up there, how to get a little courage and just go out there and do it. A lot of it's just the right song selection and the right group of friends. Well, you guys missed us last week. Uh, had on Heather Morris, um, and she was nice enough to speak to the students over at the studio school. Uh, for those of you who don't know Heather, she was on Glee as Brittany S. Pierce was the name of her character on Glee. Um, but before that, she was a dancer for Beyonce on tour for about uh, three years. And her story is super interesting. She she kind of had almost an immediate fame upon uh, her first season on, on Glee. And um, it kind of took her into a dark place. She wasn't quite ready for it. And um, she talks about how dance and having kids sort of pulled her out of her, her dark place. And then next week, we're talking all things task list. Yes, task list. And um, I bring on the founder of my favorite iPhone task list. It's called Swipes. His name is Casper Tourneau. And we are gonna, we're going to tell you guys about why you need to have a daily task list to accomplish your different goals, your dreams. You know, if you want to write a book or maybe run for Congress, start a new business, direct a movie, what have you. Uh, we're going to tell you why having a daily task list is pretty vital to pursuing those priorities that maybe uh, no one but yourself is going to hold you account for. So um, tune in next week for that. And real quick before we start this interview, uh, if you guys are listening to us on Apple 
podcasts or iTunes. Uh, it really helps us out a lot if you can uh, rate, review the podcast. Obviously, subscribe so you don't miss future episodes. If you're on Stitcher, do the same. I think there's also the Google Play Store, I believe it's called. Um, all that really helps out with the metrics there. It lets those guys know that people are listening and helps us get more listeners. So with no further ado, my good friend, Kevin M. Brennan, karaoke. Hello, welcome to Self Obsessed. This is Jeff Grace, comedian, filmmaker, and self-help obsessive. I am here today with Kevin Brennan. Hello. And Kevin is the unofficial Los Angeles karaoke guru. And today, we are going to talk to you guys out there about how to do some better karaoke in your lives. We know that you guys have been to conventions You've been drunk at bars, you've been to weddings, you've been all over the world, and Kevin's here to tell you that you guys are doing karaoke all wrong, (laughs) you're making it much harder than yourselves than you need to, and today, we're going to give you five, maybe a bonus, sixth rules of karaoke so that you can dominate the local karaoke in your town or municipality. Mm County. Um, but uh, first, uh, Kevin, let's... Sorry, yes, let's... a little bit of housekeeping, lest, <laughs> lest your fans uh, tune in, because uh, this is Kevin M. Brennan speaking, not the comedian Kevin Brennan who wrote for Saturday Night Live for many years. We just lost half of our listenership. Oh, shit. I was oh, hoping to nice. kind of oh, bait you and switch. To do that bait we'll, probably miss, we'll probably mistype it in the, uh, oh, in the show do. notes just to make sure... I got, uh, I got an audition from my uh, agent the other day. That was for crashing. Well, no, it was it was a it was a straight offer. Was Are you guys straight offer? Straight offer for crashing. That's when you knew there was an issue. <laughs> and they said, "Hey, uh, we have a straight offer for Kevin. Is he willing to fly out to New York next week? Uh, it's a you know, it's a ch- it's a guest star role for crashing." And I said, uh, "Just go ahead and call him back and make sure they know which Kevin brother they're talking to." You should have said yes. Uh, oh no, I said if they mean me, I'm in. <laughs> what, what what did it sound like when your agent told you it wasn't for you? <laughs> My agent did not call me back. Oh, just no callback? No callback. No callback. Yeah, it was just, I said, you might want to check on that. You know what? You want them working on proactive things, not to I didn't inform need the, I, you. Yeah. yeah. I you, said in the 99.9% <laughs> unchance or the 0.01% chance they do want me, feel free to call me back. Um, hey, you know what? And maybe that call's still happening. I'm, phone's right here. Phone's always on. Phone's Phone always on, John Apatow, crashing. <laughs> so, Kevin, you and I go way Way, way back. Way back. To, um, we call it early aughts, Chicago improv. Mm -hmm. I was working in advertising. You had just moved from Texas and we got cast. We were both doing Second City classes. That's true. And we both got cast in a show that I recently tried to recollect. I believe it was an improv show where the novel concept was, watch out everybody out there at home, sit down. The novel concept was it was going to be an improv group of six people. Uh-huh. And only two of them would be men. Be men. Not all female group. Mm-mm. Not just one man, but two, two men. men. That felt pretty radical at the time. Uh, truth be told, at the time in Chicago, it was. Yeah. There was, I mean, you know, we'll probably get to her, maybe we won't, but we eventually formed an all male sketch group, which was not unheard which of. Which today you would be, we would probably have to disband. That's true. Um, but back then, yeah, no, that was a thing that was, yeah, it was odd to have 
the balance be towards the females. And Second City, and I'll say this, uh, full disclosure, I'm currently an employee of Second oh, City. Oh, you uh, must, please thank you for disclosing <laughs> yeah. that. We would hate to... Uh, we would hate to think I'm biased. Um, we would hate for someone to take a class there based upon your biased recommendation. That's true. Well, no, Second City in Chicago on the main stage has always been a cast of six people, and sometimes they'll go seven. Uh, and I believe, I'm going to get my dates wrong, but maybe four years ago or five years ago, it was the first show where the balance went to the females and it was really? a, oh yeah. yeah, yeah you mean in, in second on, on the main stage? Um, maybe the ETC, maybe the, I, either stage. It was like the first time I think either stage had done the balance in favor of the ladies. Cause if you watch SNL now, I mean, I think it's not even, I think it was AD Bryant's oh, really? show that, okay. it, that flipped where it was four so, women. And it seems guys. like the, the women of SNL feel more, uh, feel to be like, they're more the stars now of the show. Than the men. I mean, there's a lot of good men too, but I uh, just, I mean, it seems like if I, na- I named off the top SNL cast members currently, you'd probably mm-hmm. name off three or four women before you got to a dude. I, uh, I don't know if I could name any cast members. <laughs> <Sorry. laughs> that, that might be, uh, um, certainly okay. you can name Kate McKinnon. You just named 80 Bryant. Okay, there we go. 80 Bryant. Is 80 Bryant still on? Melissa Villanueva. Whose name I always feel uncomfortable saying. He's, 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 uh, he's the crossover and stand up. Very funny impressionist. Is Pete, is Pete Mullen still on? Is he? Pete Mullen still on. He's just making Netflix movies. He's, uh, he's now uh, dating Ariana Grande. Good, good, good. Uh, oh, and my guy who will never leave, uh, Kel or Keenan, who's. Oh, yeah, Keenan. Keenan Thompson. It's super Kenan funny. Beck Bennett's still Kyle on. Okay. Yeah, Kyle Mooney. I know them all. Kyle Mooney. I know them all. You I know, know them all. all. You knew them all. I just, I, um, I don't know who's on current, like coming and going. Like if you had told me Kyle Mooney left last year, I wouldn't know. Or... Well, don't quote me on this. I, I think he's still on the show. <laughs> I think he's still on the show. Someone out there should do something. It's more of a YouTube show for me now. Yeah. That's the thing is I used to live with uh, a mutual friend of ours um, and he's a big SNL fan. And one of the great things of our friendship was he would watch the full SNL and then like have it on the DVR. And then like Monday or Tuesday, we'd sit down and I'd be like, just give me the hits. And then we just fast forward yeah. to the good schedule. SNL is the all time greatest TiVo show because yeah, it, that it, was, that's what he did. Yeah. It's about, it's about <laughs> it an hour and a half long and you should probably only spend about 15 minutes watching it. That's true. Um, so then you and I in yeah. Chicago met, became friends and um, I recently was recollecting after you had a significant milestone birthday mm-hmm. that um, part big, of our friendship, the big six zero, the big six uh, zero. <laughs> you're you're not six. He's not sixty, guys. I'm selling myself as the other Kevin Brennan. He, he I can, think he's sixty. Okay, you can, he can play somewhere between twenty eight and fifty one, <laughs> yeah, as we say in Hollywood. Yep. And um, so, lo- long story short, we were doing a lot of. Uh, improv, sketch comedy. We formed a group called the Mantastics with a bunch of our friends. Uh, and, but we were also doing a lot of karaoke. And you were the yeah. first guy I ever saw do the song Don't Stop Believing by Journey. Mm-hmm. And by that, at that time, this is the early aughts, everybody. That No one had heard that song in years. And I think it might have been the first time anyone karaoke did. I certainly will not uh, <laughs> agree with you on that, but I will happily uh, keep portraying that legend uh <laughs> but you were definitely the most entertaining karaoke person i had met to that point in my life and you also were the host yeah i was gonna say that's something karaoke. that we uh, in the pre-interview we didn't really discuss but let's get into that because that's a big part i think of our shared karaoke journey and my karaoke yeah. journey for sure 
is the live band karaoke in Chicago, Illinois, that began in... Let's see, we got Chicago, I got there in 2001, and I think my band karaoke started in 2002 or three. And that started Um, in Chicago, right? As as far as we know? To my knowledge, yes. Uh, A man named uh, Scott Shell, who is still out there in the world, a good buddy of mine, um, he approached me, and and I play a little bit of music as well, so he was forming a band to learn... A bunch of cover songs that we would then have people come and sing. So it literally live band karaoke. Every city has this now. I'm describing something that. Yeah, everyone, everyone but I mean, does. at the time, I mean, it was like you. Time, were, it was no one. What was you doing. can sing karaoke when there's a band backing yeah. you up. I, I literally don't think anyone had done it yet at yeah. this point. I don't think I had never seen it. Yeah. I mean, and I've been traveling to New York a lot. I had kept my. I felt like I had a pretty decent pulse on the karaoke scene at that time. Yeah. So. Yeah, we did. The first gig was me and Scott and a drummer, and uh, Scott played bass, and we had a guitar player, and we did it at the Lincoln Lodge uh, yeah, in yeah. Wrigleyville. That like, or no, the un- the Lincoln Underground. It was oh like, yeah, the Lincoln Underground. Underground. That was the first time we ever did it, uh, and we learned I would say like fifteen to twenty songs, maybe not even that many, maybe like twelve. And skewing we were, more towards, I would say metal and hard rock. I wouldn't say metal because that means a lot of different things. A lot of, but I would say definitely for sure rock and roll and Nirvana, or like punk kind of, yeah, you know, yeah, that kind of stuff. Um, and yeah, we learned a, a handful of songs. I would say, um, and we we were the I think we were the headlining act of like there was two other bands. You know, nowadays if you go see live band karaoke, that's the, all you get the whole night. Right. So this was like, there was a band, a band, and then we were the, you know, headliners. So this is one, this is one segment in an evening of musical programming. Exactly. Like one hour of, it was, it was a set. And, uh, and we only had the, like I said, we only had like the 12 to 15, maybe 20 songs. And, uh, it was interesting. Uh, it was weird. I don't think we were great. Uh, we also had a lot to drink. Um, uh, we'll get to that. We'll get to uh, that. We'll get to Liquid that. Courage is, is the bonus number six question <laughs> of karaoke. Uh, and so, yeah, so we did that. And then I think I did maybe one or two more gigs as like keyboard guy. And I quickly realized that was not what I needed to be doing. But what about Barry LaCroix? Uh, oh, that, LaCroix. Was like, that was just regular karaoke. No, that he, he hosted karaoke. He was banned from a few places. He's your al- he was your foul mouth, uh, degenerate alter ego who mm-hmm. hosted many karaoke shows oh, yeah. in yeah. Uh, Chicago at the time. Oh yeah, he uh, he began in Chicago. He he was hosting live band karaoke. Uh, he yeah he was banned from a couple of bars. Kevin Brennan was not banned. Barry Lacroix was banned. Barry Lacroix. Uh, but uh, yeah, so this evolved into me taking on a hosting role, not playing music in the bands anymore. And the band progressed in a huge way. Uh, they had Joe Fawcett. Uh, they had uh, there's been so many members. Uh, I should have written their names down before I came on. A lot of my old Gooch conference. Uh, and we would go, there ended up being, I don't know how many there are to this day, but there was like three different live band karaoke bands. Did this become like a thriving enterprise? Oh, yeah. Like we were touring to colleges. Like they would go to NACA. Oh, that's right. I like, remember that. Yeah. yeah. We would do college tours and yeah, people were making money at it um, or still are. I mean, it still goes on. It's still there. Um, it's still, we're still with some of the same people. Um, so yeah, it's a thing for sure. But that was a good, decent sort of source of revenue, my income. <laughs> I was doing those hosting gigs. Um, so you really are a professional karaokeist. <laughs> Given that I was paid to do it, not, you know, it wasn't my only job, but yes, I guess that I, makes sense. I pray it wasn't. 
<laughs> so, so then you and I both moved to L.A. around the same time. We both uh, we started a comedy group called The Vacationeers. We made a bunch of short films together, a bunch of movies together. But throughout all of that, we kept doing karaoke most, I would say most frequently or most regularly at the drawing room in Los Feliz. That is, that is for Sunday sure. nights, starting at sure nine o'clock. <laughs> yeah, about nine, nine or ten. Depending. If you get to the, if you get to the drawing room at nine, eight, nine o'clock on a Sunday, dead. It's, it doesn't even start till like, I think that doesn't even start till 10 PM on a Sunday night, uh, which just goes to show you how few people in LA have day jobs sure. or real jobs. Uh, drawing room Sunday nights is for sure our home base for karaoke for you and I. Um, and yeah, cause you at the time lived. Next door. Literally next door, almost, to the drawing room. A little too close for comfort. A little too close. And so, yeah, that was that was our thing forever. I mean, I you know, we still go. I was I was actually there last Sunday. Mm, thanks for the <laughs> phone call. Uh, you, I was with there for Chad Briggs' birthday. I'm pretty sure he probably called you. Oh, okay. All right. Well, we went out for we a celebrated, birthday yeah, on Friday night. Second okay. celebration. Second we don't celebration. need to bore the, the listeners with our petty <laughs> social details. Yeah, I mean, that's true. All right. So, as you know self-obsessed we like to know about our guests and what their self-help regimen so i'm going to go through this pretty quickly but uh what time do you wake up every day is there a set set time or is it different every day well it just kind of depends uh i am definitely a night person so i mean i don't know if in terms of working or in terms of partying uh in in all aspects uh partying or not i definitely stay up late you are Uh, a professional screenwriter tv writer primary trade also actor yeah um, Um, producer all those but things. when you, I mean, you, when you write though, don't you, you write more in the daytime. I definitely write more in the daytime. And if, you know, if there is like a pending deadline or there's something going on, then yeah, the alarm, uh, I mean, again, I'm not a big morning guy. It, nine. I'm a, I'm good for a nine star. You're a niner. All right. So we, you but officially. Like, a, sometimes I can turn to 10. That's uh, a. <laughs> That's later. That's yeah, later than so average, later. but that's that's to each now, his own. You're one of the most productive people I know. So there's well, no, now that being said, you. if uh, I mean if I'm working or like reporting to the writers' room that begins at ten, then the alarm is usually around seven because I like to go to the gym before work to crush, I hate to, going, crush to crush reps, rep, laps, and reps. So sw- exercise in the morning is yes. a part of your daily. Routine. I can't stand exercising after work. I agree. I like to I like to get exercise first out of the way because it gets obviously the blood flowing, gets you woken up. Woken up, gets you awake. Gets you woke, too. Gets you woke. It does get you woke. Uh, so I'm a huge proponent of whatever's going on, the exercise first, and then the day can happen. Are you a task? I feel like it's always hanging over your head the rest of the day. I think, and I, I feel better throughout the day if I work yeah. out in the morning. But then also, like, you're going through your work day, and you're like, okay, at whatever, you know, 6 o'clock, I'm going to be done working, you know, whatever the job is. And then, and then also, now I have to do this. Yeah. Like, it feels like I'm still, like, doing things I have to be doing, whatever. So morning workout. Yeah. Uh, are you a task list uh, or like do you use an organizer, journal, any of that kind of I'm stuff? I'm a big uh, Google Calendar person. Okay. Um, as far as like, uh, I mean, I also. But do you put like tasks? Would you put like, like a two the... hour? Would you write in your Google Calendar like two hours? I'm going to write tomorrow. No, I would not. I would so not just really that. for appointments, schedules. Appointment schedules um, as far as deadlines for myself. And that's, you know, something that when you're not working like on a show or reporting to a writer's room or whatever. I think that's even more important than anything else is like, okay, you're going to the coffee shop to work, which is great. Fine. Or wherever you're going to, you know, do your own personal work is I set goals for myself of what, what I'm going to need to get done that day. 
And whether that means I didn't get it done yesterday. Is this happening in your head or are you writing this down somewhere? This is in my head. Yeah. So you'll say, I need to write five pages today. Yeah. And you're good. And you find that you hold yourself accountable to that? I do. You are pretty, you are uh, what we call conscientious. Uh, Objector to the war? Yes, I am that too. (laughs) (laughs) That's a different kind of conscientious. Um, Maybe I'm using the wrong term. Um, All right. And so you use the calendar and do, do you put like, Long-term goal, like if you're writing a, a spec script, would you put, like, dates for yourself to hit in a calendar? Um, I would probably not put dates, but I would – mine is more of a day-to-day because also, as you know, in yeah. this – There's no there's no structured this, schedule. But also in this industry, things can pop up. So let's say you're writing your spec superhero script, which you definitely should be working on right mm-hmm. now. Turn, oh, this, I am. turn this podcast off and get to work on that. Um, but if it's a spec – you know, truly a spec, like you're just writing it out of the goodness of your spec, heart and your brain. Spec for you that at home there means no one's paying you to do it. You're writing it and hoping to sell it one day. Right. So therefore, there's no real deadline on a spec, right? So you do have to create your own deadlines and you do have to stay on top of those things. That being said, if I say, hey, I'm going to write 10 pages a day, which is usually my goal when I'm doing writing. I try and go 10 pages a day. Um, and I say, okay, that means if I do this Monday through Friday, that means I should have 50 pages done. <laughs> Like right. Friday at 6 p.m. or whatever, uh, which is great. That all sounds awesome. Then come Tuesday, you get a call and you get an audition for Wednesday. And then you have to drive out to Santa Monica and then you're all out there. And then your buddy come came into town on business and he didn't let you know until the night before. And then you're going to go hang out with him. Whatever. You yeah. Know, this is life, friends. This is just life. Um. So, yeah. So, for me, it's not so much of a... Like, oh, I better get this done by the 30th of September. It is, okay, I had an audition yesterday. I didn't get any of my writing done. I need to get it done tomorrow then. I need to get those, you know. So not you, saying, so not saying that I'm going to write it. For me, if I don't write that stuff down and have it, like, written on a like, piece of paper, I will start to drift off of my regiments, my goals. Yeah, that's fair. So I'm more that's of a fair. written guy. Yeah. yeah, um, yeah. I, I, I applaud the – and I also think the people who do write it down – you do then have a physical record of it, which is important. You know, I mean, people, I don't do dream boards or whatever, but I know that. Are you saying I do? They work for some. <laughs> I'm staring at yours right now. It says invent harpoon gun. It's a picture Isn't of a weird? Ferrari, yeah. a mansion. <laughs> you have the Cindy Crawford Britney Spears. from the 90s. I got to update that. I think that she's a little bit of an outdated vision. <laughs> um, and then what have any, like in your, in your association with the self-help, self-improvement industry is there any podcasts you listen to any books blogs are you kind of Um, not as tapped into that world i'm not super tapped into it but my dad uh bought me for christmas tribe of mentors the tim ferris book book, tim ferris is a big reason i started this podcast there you go yeah um full now now that he is he knows that i mean just like you know He's probably be on here next week. Sure. Uh, full disclosure, I have not started reading that book. Well, it's thicker than the Holy Bible, so it yeah. is, it's a little bit of an intimidating uh, book to But I do have friends down. who have been reading it, and they like to enjoy it in little little bites. You like, should check out his podcast, because it's basically all the same people from his podcast in book form. No, we don't even have to read it. No, I'm a big fan We're of the, the audio book. I don't want to have to use that, that brain. <laughs> um, so I... <laughs> I own that book. Uh, what other self-improvement things or self-help things? I, I feel bad because that's kind of part of this. Podcast. No, no, you're here for the karaoke. We okay, just want to just give people a sense of, well, let's dive. We'll I try dive to, in. well, I guess I would say this. I try to, uh, like I do have goal, like creative goals. I try and stick very, you know, well to, um, for example, here's a fun one. 
Uh, me and a few friends, many of which whom you know, uh, are already musicians, and we, in January of 2018, decided that we are going to have a songwriting challenge where each of us, you could commit to either two songs a month or one song a month for the entire year of 2018, depending on your schedule. Um, and I chose two per month, um, so I've kept to that. So That's pretty good. It is currently August, and so that means we're in the eighth month, so, seven, so I've currently seven times two. I've got... 14 songs I've written since January. Yeah, I think you're na- I think you're nat- naturally a doer. You're kind of naturally organized. When we've produced movies together, you were definitely the more organizational one. Um so yeah, I think I think I think a lot what I've noticed in this in this podcast so far is that you have two types. You have people that are naturally organized mm-hmm. who kind of just get stuff done in the way they do and then you have people like myself who are pretty disorganized, maybe a little ADD who need to like write stuff down, have yeah. task lists. Because uh, my brain is not to be relied upon for such information. Well, I think I think both are absolutely valid. And I thank think you. That, yeah, appreciate that. <laughs> appreciate that validation. You're Whew, glad we got that out of the way. You're that Tim Ferriss. Now you can come on. <laughs> now you can be a guest. All right, so let's go to karaoke. Okay, let's get serious. Let's get serious here. By the end of this podcast, listeners, you will have some very solid tips to attack your karaoke game. I know a lot of you out there. Sit on the sidelines. We want to get you off the sidelines. We yeah. want to get you in front of that microphone and at least trying to find a song that you could do comfortably, that you won't be laughed at. Because basically nowadays, if you can't karaoke, you really almost can't be a part of the American economy. Wouldn't you agree with that? I agree 100%. <laughs> and I would say, if nothing else, uh, I think maybe earlier you titled me as the karaoke guru, which is fine. Uh, but I would say I'm more interested in the evangelism of karaoke. I'm more mm. interested in people getting comfortable with it, knowing that they can do it, and not being embarrassed of it, and not thinking it's not for them. Um, yeah. It's for everyone. Karaoke is for everyone. Uh, some people hate it, and that's totally fair. Some people hate musical theater. Some people don't like a lot of things. Um, and if you hate it, that's fine. But for those of you who may have your whole life been nervous or you've been on the sidelines or you've seen your friends doing it at parties and you think it looks fun but you've been scared and you know there might be some stage fright involved there, there might be some public speaking fears involved there which i 100 believe is the number one fear in america public speaking public speaking yeah um and death and <laughs> yeah death's pretty high on the list so so i would say if anything i would like to if take away by the end of this podcast helping you to get up on that stage and and at least try it and you know what if you don't like it or if all your fears were realized and everybody laughed at you, then you know what? You can say you did it. Well, that brings us to rule number one, and that's a good su- summary there. Mm-hmm. Your first rule in karaoke in picking a song is does this song mean something to you? Elaborate. Yeah. So in our little pre-interview, you had written something of our talking points of you wrote pick the chorus, not the song. I think was what you had said. That's been my, that's my number one rule is to pick a chorus sure. that people know. Now I disagree with that. I would say pick the song that means the most to you. Not the song that you necessarily know the best, because obviously you're going to have the words on the screen in front of you. Um, because I've seen people do songs that they think should be done at karaoke, i.e. Brown Eyed Girl, i.e. Uh, Sweet Caroline, you know, these sorts of things. And the audience can tell. They know when it's not your. Am I allowed to say the S word? You could say the S word. They know it's not your shit. There you go. (laughs) They know. You gotta. You gotta own your own shit. And and also, the more the deeper you go in your own catalog, 
So, like, let's say that you love an obscure meatloaf song. Okay. And let's, and let's say that you're KJ. That's karaoke jockey, for those of you who don't know. Uh, <laughs> let's say that your KJ has a deep system uh, and can access said meatloaf song. You gun it up there and do that. Everybody is, A, going to quiet down and listen because it's not Don't Stop Believing. It's not right. Sweet Caroline. It's whatever. It's something that they haven't heard before. And what is this song? And if that truly means something to you, because when you were a kid, your dad played it on piano every time he had a few too many drinks and it means something to you, it's going to show in your performance and it's going to be that much more endearing to the audience and it's going to mean that much more to you on the stage, which is also something you should be aware of is there's been times, there have been times when I've sung a karaoke song for the audience and there's been times when I've sung them for myself, which I know might sound slightly contradictory, uh, contradictory dairy, to what I just said. About how to choose your songs, but... Well, you are a showman. I am a consummate showman. Um, but but I do think it's important to know that, hey, I'm picking this obscure meatloaf song because, you know what, maybe I already did Boys of Summer. And that's, you know, and I love that song and it's very special to me, but the Ryan, audience knows Brian Adams originally wrote it. Um, uh, did he? Isn't Boys of Summer Brian Adams? It's Don Henley. Don Henley. Oh, my God. Mm-hmm. You're right. Yeah. Uh, I think maybe what you're referring to is originally Tom Petty was supposed to record it. I'm thinking of the summer of 69. That is a Brian Adams song. Yeah. 100%. Which I also karaoke, so don't be too mad at Jeff. That's another That's one why I'm confused. Yeah. Audience. All right. Um, a lot of summer going on in these <laughs> titles. Uh, so yeah. So anyway, going back to it is I would say always choose something that is a personal favorite of yours. Is some, and, and then that, that also means put your heart into it, you know? Yeah. Because if you do choose that obscure, you know, Meat Love song or a Warren Zevon or, you know, whatever, if you're going to, you know, be behind the mic and kind of be mousy about it, then people might, you know, turn away because they don't recognize it and you're not giving it your all. Well, I think that goes to the, you know, you have to just commit to the song. Absolutely. And I think if you're shy and you just even talk through a song, if you if the song means something to you, because often... We both know, we both have done stand-up comedy and other forms of comedy too. Sometimes you might have a karaoke song that crushes and then one night you go out there and you do it with a little bit of expectation that people are going to eat it up and then no one is eating it up and everyone Mm -hmm. decides to order a drink and then you're, and if you don't have anything for yourself to do the song for, uh, I would say it's going to be an empty experience. Empty, absolutely empty. And that's what karaoke is. Although, uh, for those of you who don't know, uh, karaoke, the Japanese word, means, uh, is it, I think it's silent orchestra. Mm. That's what it translates into. Um, or invisible orchestra, maybe. Maybe that's what it is. Anyway, um, but I will bring up some examples as we go that will also be fun shout outs. Um, Justin Clark Dre is an actor buddy of ours. And I saw him do an example of what I was talking about of a song that he was fully committed to. And I had never heard before in my life. It was some very, very obscure Beatles song. Uh, full disclosure, I'm not a giant Beatles fan, so whatever. But it was still, it was a very obscure Beatles song. And my man Justin did, and it was a very weird, like, you know, some of it was spoken word, some of it was music, whatever, hmm. singing. I'm not even sure. Was it Bullfrog? It, it's like a 10 hey, minute. Bullfrog. It's like a 10 minute song. Okay. Is that Bullfrog? I don't know. We could. That one has like talking and barking and. Do you have, is this set up like a morning zoo crew show? Can we call Justin? I don't, I don't Let's a, call Justin! I don't have a zoo crew. <laughs> I'm your, I'm, that's part I'm of your the, zoo crew. That's part of season two. So we're going to get a zoo crew. <laughs> okay, good. Uh, it was just a very, yes, obscure Weird Beal song. I'd never heard it before. Justin committed 100% thousand more to it. In, this was in Nashville, Tennessee. And it was amazing. 
And I don't ever need to hear that song again. I can't even tell you what the name of it. But I would watch Justin do that song karaoke a hundred more times. Well, let me debate this topic because I think it's mm-hmm. important that some it means something to you. But I feel like for a lot of our beginners out there, mm-hmm. sure. people in the silence, yeah. that I might encourage them to find a song that you love, that means something to you. But then to point number two, I'm going to get my rule out here. Uh-huh. Pick the chorus, not the song. And I think a little bit, a good karaoke or a safer karaoke is if if the chorus is something that everyone loves to sing, uh, you will be helped out quite a bit by the audience. If you're, if you're picking a crowd favorite, yes. uh, but you have to love the song. That's yeah. the key. So I think you're yeah, right. We should regress a little bit and say, maybe my first bit of advice is more of an advanced karaoke move. Um, well, it's a spiritual foundation to good karaoke. Right. I do think you're right. So if we are speaking to those, which I said we are, those who are on the sidelines who, you know, you're you're nervous and you're thinking maybe this Saturday you're actually going to give it a go, uh, then I'd say, yes, Grace, you are absolutely right. That you want to have a song that means something to you, but you also, on your first time out or maybe your early times out, maybe you don't want to get into those deep cuts where you will feel that feeling of emptiness when you feel like it's not connecting with it. Right. Um, so, yeah, to that end, you know, you could also, you know, pick a song that is a popular favorite of karaoke to sort of get your courage up, like a living on the pr- living on the prayer. Sure, absolutely. You know, That's you got to be careful with the heavy the, the, with the heavy metal, but the, the sort of harder rock songs can be a little challenging in the vocals. Uh, living on a prayer is challenging because in the uh, third verse, he, he goes up jumps, a whole another. Jumps yeah. an octave. Yeah. You gotta be careful of that. Octave jumping is a big concern in the karaoke world. Purple Sh- Rain is Sh- on, is is on this time. list here. That's an octave jumper. Uh, Purple Rain, I have done at karaoke. I recently did it in Idlewild, California. It's a, a, it's a little long, though. It kind of drones at the end. Well, no, but that droning is the that you get the crowd in on and everybody's waving their hands. Just which is, like a, in which the is movie. a good song because almost anyone can do the whole Prince Absolutely. Scream Sing thing. Yeah. Or you can just kick it down, you know, an octave and ooh, ooh. I want it that way by Backstreet Boys is another popular one. People are going to jump one. in. You got to know your market, though. That's you know, right. if yep. you're, you know, if you're in LA, it might not get as many people behind it. But if you're in St. Louis, should be good. Absolutely. Since you've been gone, is on this list. And Since that, you've been gone, I've done that a number of times. I think you, because you've coached up a lot of our friends over the years on getting mm-hmm. better at karaoke, myself sure. included. Sure. I feel like I associate that song with our, our good friend Marcus Jones. Um. He and I have duetted it a number of times, but that being said, our good friend Marcus Jones is uh, "Stay." Lisa oh, Lowe. "Stay" by Lisa Lowe. Yeah, that's so his, that's, that's his crowd favorite. That's it, that's his favorite, maybe. And that's a crowd pleasing uh, concept. We'll call that two uh, B, mm-hmm. which is sometimes you can get away with a good karaoke if it's an ironic choice. Absolutely, like that's if, a you, big if you're a dude there. singing a chick song, yep. or you're a meek little girl about to sing Nirvana. Mm-hmm. Uh, people love to see love um, to see a twist, a little juxtaposition, yeah, yeah. a little twist. Uh, um, I feel like I don't think this is we're okay saying this but marcus jones is an african-american gentleman uh it is okay to say that okay um i would say in the in the middle of ages and so him singing lisa loeb's day is always good for a performance it's a good performance yeah we also are friends with a lot of actors a lot of you know extroverted types so it's not like he had to be arm twisted to go do some karaoke absolutely not he never does and we know a lot of comedians so the the comedic side of karaoke our friends probably all drift a little towards. Um, and 
So pick pick the chorus, not the song. So make sure the. I song wouldn't say you they sing. drift towards the comedic side, like because there's also like people who do tenacious D songs, like people who do a funny song. That doesn't ever seem to work too well. Uh, I I don't ever choose funny songs to do, but it works and for a lot of crowds. Like, Would you consider Baby Got Back a funny song or just a regular song? Uh, that was done at karaoke just this last week at the Rustic, which is not far from the drawing room. Um, and I saw somebody do it. And everybody seemed to be enjoying it. Do I I don't think Baby Got Back is a comedy song per se. No, I, I know what you're saying. It's like it's you, I haven't seen a lot of Tenacious D in the day. I've seen a lot of it in the places that aren't Los Angeles and New a York. A little bit more of the on the really off the grid kind of not underground grid, karaoke maybe? scene. No, just like just places that aren't LA and New York. <laughs> I've seen it. <laughs> um by the way, Kate Bush has a song at number twelve called Withering Heights. I don't know I how that know made that, it to I don't know that song. this list that we're looking at here. Uh, there's also oh, there's, there's Meatloaf, Paradise by the Dashboard Light, which but I've seen I, a number I, of karaoke. But I caution songs. people on a song over three and a half minutes. And there's songs like uh, Do you want to tell the listeners why? I once well, this is why I disagree with Rule One at some level, is I love the song Civil War by Guns N' Roses. November Rain. Well, I've done both. <laughs> okay. True. And both, November Rain is longer. For sure. November Rain hits the 10 minute mark. Yeah. Even in the abbreviated karaoke version with like two, I think the two guitar solos alone are about a minute and a half each. Yeah. Uh, guitar solos are death in karaoke. There's, oh, yeah. there's almost no way to be great at a guitar solo. Right. You just are standing up there, you're mm-hmm. swaying back and forth, you're smiling awkwardly. People. Any, any extended instrumental moment guitar solos or just like oh we're gonna go into a long bridge without any vocal i mean it's karaoke you're there singing yeah so any yeah. any instrumental break it's not gonna serve you well so generally you want to avoid your free birds your uh bohemian rhapsody is well, a challenging one there's a lot of there's a lot of audience support there often i don't see but bohemian rhapsody doesn't have extended like just that's true stuff it has a million parts to it it just goes on forever it goes on forever and but it's a it's a big crowd favorite it's a crowd um, favorite i'm I'm never saying don't do bohemian rhapsody but also i don't know this should be sub sub point of maybe there's some karaoke songs that are just a little tired uh there's i mean i don't want to discourage people ever like if bohemian rhapsody is just you gotta do it then do it I feel like but, if it comes at the right time of the night with the right kind of person backing it, there's just certain songs that require a lot of performance, a lot of commitment, and and so and I think it's a song that requires a little bit of vocals. A lot of not, vocals. Not, karaoke isn't, hit that. isn't no. always about singing. And no. in fact, we're really talking to people today that feel like they can't sing. And of course, there'll be some tips here for those of you that can really belt it out. There, I'll give you an example of maybe a song or two that can be retired. And, you know, whatever. Again, people can sing whatever they want and they should. I began my karaoke life like consistently doing Don't Stop Believing by Journey, as you know. Yeah. And I would never sing that today because for me, I mean, I've sung it a number of times, but also it's it's become... It's almost become... I think if you asked 100 people what's... Did, the, I mean, we asked Google. Didn't Google put it at... Google number, has it number one at, as number one. when we just typed in top karaoke songs of all time, Don't Stop Believing is number one. And right. I and I remember that being the first song that actually made a comeback Via purely karaoke. on the karaoke scene. Yeah. Um, I think Bon Jovi had that same kind of resurgence. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, that was like one of those songs that you're just like, how is, where is this coming from? Because it wasn't really in a movie or anything that I, yeah. I'm aware of. No, no, no. Um, 
Oh, Summer Nights is on the list, well, too. And also, Another I mean, really long one. Well, I mean, if you really want to dig deep into that journey thing, I mean, for those of you who've seen that documentary and know the story, then, you know, the Steve Perry replacement singer, the guy from uh, Malaysia? Yeah. Uh, he was found Philippines, in Philippines. doing karaoke, right? Yeah, he was, he was a karaoke guy who loved Journey and then submitted his tape and they couldn't believe this person existed. They thought it was photographic fakery. Do you think that lore is, I mean, did that happen after the song got popular in the karaoke circuit? Or is that part of why maybe the song became like lore of karaoke and therefore was getting the, the, uh, the KJs started playing? I think the documentary came out uh, long after I think really like we had popularized we the world had popularized you and I had popularized karaoke (laughs) had popularized that song in karaoke um I think that that I'm just saying more to the point of it's just interesting that Journey number one karaoke song according to Google their singer came from karaoke singer their current singer I agree with that now so number two just to kind of cover the cover some ground here so you should focus on songs that have a chorus that people can get into that mm-hmm. can sing along to, because that will bail you out if things are going a little rough. Yep. Uh, avoid songs probably over three and a half, four minutes if it's your first time. Yeah, long songs are not, it's not helping anybody. Avoid guitar solos, songs yep. with long guitar solos. Any any instrumental break, yep. And then I think just be cautious of songs that require a lot of performance. And I think that's the Hot Summer Nights, it's the Bohemian Rhapsody. Now, be cautious, that's for the that's for the, the rookies in the, in the yes. room. But, as we've both seen, when you have a song that you get great at, if it's complex and you do it well, it's the greatest thing in the world to watch. Right. That's my... I'm more of a that's no a, that's vocals, advanced level. <laughs> all energy. I, you know, I don't know Hot Summer Nights, but it's the kind of song... It's got a lot of levels, a lot of different things going on, where you can kind of, by sheer knowledge of the song and willing to put your energy into it, no one cares if you sing it poorly. Right. Yep. Um, so those are, you know, those are what we call energy songs. Mm-hmm. Um, if someone can sing it as well, great. All right. So that's number two. That's a good point about energy. I might be jumping all over here. But no, no, yeah. uh, I would say, and this, I mean, I believe when, you know, when, even to this day when it happens, people view like, I'm, I'm, I'm a big fan of, especially if there's a wireless mic. I like to get out there. I like to, oh, I like yeah, to yeah, yeah. get in the audience with the people. I like to mix it up. Uh, go to the back of the room, get, go in the bathroom, just give them a wild show. I have a, I had a, a, co- a, a guy I worked with in comedy, a guy named Paul Dudridge, who you, I think mm-hmm. you met a couple times. Sure. And I remember in stand up, he just said, he's like, mate, it's just like, go soft, go loud. He's like, stand tall, stand low. Walk to the front of the stage, walk to the back of the stage. And I think that's kind of the same kind of use your space. Like, use as much room as your microphone wire will let you. And if you have a wireless mic, mm-hmm. if you are not a great singer, get away from this mic stand, walk around, yeah. walk up to people, sure. entertain guys. Yeah. This, is, this is a form of entertainment. And at, on that Paul Dudridge note of comedy training, I would say <laughs> in karaoke, which is a much more forgiving art form than stand up comedy, go nuts, get out there. Uh, because in stand-up comedy, if you're telling me jokes and you're just kneeling and getting on <laughs> doing push-ups a lot, I'm just going to maybe be weirded out. <laughs> but <laughs> Fair point. Fair point. I think he was talking in context of having some okay, material Okay, context of well. the joke. Good. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> all right, so number three brings us to a difficult concept to describe, but we all understand it, which is you need to pick the right song for your voice. Yeah. So, like I said, for instance, I grew up loving... 
Bon Jovi, Guns N' Roses, uh, mm-hmm. you know, Led Zeppelin. But those are songs that when I try to sing it, it's terrible because I cannot support the long, sustained those screaming, are, that's, those are, I guess. What's the word you would use? I wouldn't say screaming. I mean, it's it's singing. I mean, those are very hard rock vocal songs. I mean, you just, you just named three of the pantheon of rock singers. And I've tried them all, <laughs> and I failed at all of them. Yeah. Um, but... Yeah. I mean, you know, you're you're right. But that being said, when I've seen you do those songs, you give them energy and give them devotion, and it does come across to the audience that it means something to you. So even though you're not hitting that perfect A, right, uh, it still is entertaining. I I have veered away from those songs, like particularly Guns N' Roses. I've I've tried and failed with almost every one of them. There's just not a great Guns like Sweet Child of Mine is too expected. Welcome to the Jungles is hard to sing. Sweet Child of Mine also has a, that that has a long, a long guitar, guitar solo. solo. Yeah, you got to yeah. be careful. Yeah, which is enjoyable, but it is it's a long one. Uh, I feel like Patience is a great one. It's a it's a the whistling can be challenging, and it's pretty think, slow, almost to the point of like uh be like, and it doesn't have a great chorus. Like at the end, people can kind of sing along to Patience. I yeah, think people that's where they get into it. I think the whistling you can just I, you can. Kind of just gloss over. Okay. I mean, usually, I actually can handle the whistling. It's the, uh, <laughs> but it's the, uh, I've been walking the streets at yeah, night. The final, the outro. Yeah. If that starts in the wrong note, oh yeah, it can be really hard on the audience's ears. Sure. That is very true. Yeah. If you don't nail that right out of the gate. Uh, which you, is to you, say. You, we should also tell people, I mean, you are in a band, uh, The Irish Goodbye. Any shows coming up, by the way, you want to plug real quick? Uh, nothing on the books right now. <laughs> okay. But you can you can check it. We got we got music on Spotify and on iTunes and all that stuff. Check out the Irish Goodbye check on Spotify. It. But check you are a front man for a band. So you uh you have the kind of voice that can handle hard rock songs. I yeah, I have a little bit more time behind the microphone than you do. But again, I don't think that you know your sort of lack of proper singing ability again and Whoa, what what? <laughs> Technical, technical. Let's call it technical. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. That, that sounds better. Um, again, I don't think has ever stood in the way of you doing a great karaoke performance, which is part of the evangelism of it's you, you, that's not stopped you, nor should it. No. Because you don't come off the stage after maybe not the world's greatest rendition of Patience, and people aren't like, I don't know, man. No, just... they're not quite like f that guy. No, but they're but... not. They're not just sitting there either. They're they're excited. They like it. Everyone because you brought that song back into the world for a moment, a shining moment. I mean, it hasn't gone anywhere, but so that might. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think what I've learned by doing karaoke for solid fifteen years now mm-hmm. is I've learned about song choice. Yeah, it, much like an NBA player that learns where to shoot the ball from certain spots on the court. Mm-hmm. You can, you know. You can add years to your time in the NBA that way. I've added years to my karaoke longevity. Yeah. By knowing that there's a few songs out there. I think you have really good song selection in addition to just good, solid karaoke talent. But I think you have to be comfortable with the fact that there's going to be a couple songs that you're going to have to get the groove of. Yeah. Try them a few times. Uh, I I think there's a a certain kind of song I've had a lot of success with um, where if you can find a lot of levels in it. Like I know I, I was saying that maybe... Paradise by the Dashboard Light. That might be a few too many levels, but like a lot of levels your song, uh, Bo- uh, Boys of Summer, sure, has got a lot of different sections to it that are fun. You got the ooh, ooh, ooh. There's, you got the seagulls, the and seagulls. then you got the verses and the choruses, and you got the final verse that sort of drops a little, yeah. like the 
Yeah, so it's it's got levels. It's got it goes high, it goes low, it goes quick, it goes slow. (laughs) Um, And I do uh, one. My mainstay um, is I just did it uh, a week ago at a conference Mm -hmm. at uh, the podcast movement conference, and um, I think it went over pretty well. Um, It's just uh, Lionel Richie's all night long. Yeah, that's a fantastic one, and you do a really good job with that one. And I feel like vocally, it's in your range. Yeah, and I feel like you come off with the party vibe of that song 100%. So the performance is there. It's a song that the audience knows. It's a song that everybody can sing along that it's chord. It's not quite overplayed <laughs> yet, although I think it's getting close. I don't think it's even close. Oh, really? I You are the only person I've ever seen do that at karaoke. Okay. I've All seen right. you do it a number of times, but I've never seen anyone else do it. That's true, because I... I always here's a, a little pro tip to write uh, to to uh, make sure you ask your KJ. Uh, make sure you ask: Has anyone done this song already tonight? Because some KJs will play a song again, and you'll have no idea that it just was played like an hour ago. Uh, I believe that's bad form on a KJ's part. It is bad form, but yeah. it's just good to ask. It's good for, to ask. That's looking out. They might yourself. be like, you know, someone just did another one mm-hmm. on she song, and they're like, oh, okay, maybe I don't want to step on that. I do that. That's defensive driving, which is important. I I do what you do. I ask. But at the same time, I also think uh, that's maybe more of a Los Angeles thing. Because I feel like in other cities when I karaoke, they immediately tell you somebody else did that song. Oh, really? Yeah. And I think here they don't. And I don't know why, but maybe they just want people to have a good time and sing, whatever. Um, but yes, that's bad form on the KJ. To but not you, tell you ask, that. what else are you asking? Like, what kind of, like, what, who's been doing what tonight? I, I never do that. I just say, if I have a song that I'm doing, I just ask if anyone's done this one yet tonight. Well, because um, I guess the other thing that could happen is sometimes there's like a slip that you drop in a bucket. Sure. Um, we should talk about tipping it, uh, KJ. Which I, I think do. I didn't understand that for years. I was like, why did you, Kevin get to go up like, and I've been here for an hour and a half. <laughs> and then you're like, bro, I gave him two bucks. And I was like, oh, yeah. you mean if that guy, <laughs> I, at the time I looked at it like almost as if you were a corrupt businessman. And then I realized like, oh yeah, like. He probably makes money off tips. Uh, there's a. Well, I'll get way deep into that about into the KJ into the KJ into economy. The KJ economy. I now always give at least a dollar. Sure. And if you're like, you know, if it's like closing times at one thirty, and it's uh, let's say one o'clock, and you think you're going to get a song out before the end of the night, you got to go with at least a five, maybe even a ten dollar tip. Uh, when I was hosting live band karaoke in Chicago. I would I would count no less than probably three or four times when a one hundred dollar bill was put in a one hundred dollar tip to get them. Up, Are you sure you're not just up. trying to support your fellow like karaoke guys out there and just, get, just making all these podcast listeners to just start tipping hundos? <laughs> <laughs> like, if, dude, there's only two more people in front of you. I'll tell you what, listeners, if you have the means and you can tip, no, it's true. Free. Um, no, man. Well, well this listenership like, is uh, is. You know, they're rolling in it. So. Yeah, good, good. This, these are the rich people. Um, no, the live band karaoke drives people into a place that the regular karaoke does not. That makes sense because it's a, such a unique experience. It's a unique experience. It is something that, you know, not every bar has, obviously. Yeah. It is something that, at least in Chicago, it was the only city that was doing it. Again, to, to my knowledge. Right. Um, it's in New York now. It's, you know, I think there's a place that does it out here in Los Angeles. Um, I think it's, yeah, it's spread, whatever. Right. But at the time, like, I mean, that was, you know, a good 40% of our crowd were people who had come to visit friends or from out of town. And they said to their friends, I want to do this live band karaoke thing that I hear about in Chicago. You go to dinner with friends, like, oh, it'll be okay. We get there at 1030. 
and you get there at 1030 and the, and the KJ is like, yo, dude, sorry, you should have been here at eight if you want to sign up. That might be the kind of night where you want to drop. I'd say, I, I think a hundred's a lot. I think. hundred is a lot. This is not a regular you, occurrence. I'm just if saying. If you're dropping $20, happened. you are in the top one percentile of cage karaoke tipping. Absolutely. If you give a dollar, you're in the top 5%, 10%. Yeah, I mean, I a feel lot of people like just don't tip. A lot of people just don't tip, which is, you know, it's odd because they deserve it, I feel. And then there is, you know, for. Better or for worse, yeah. If you give a KJ $5 and say, I'm trying to get up, <laughs> they will get you up there over people who have been sitting there who didn't tip. That's just the way the world works. It's almost like our economy is based upon, like, greed. <laughs> uh, do you feel that way, ever? I call it favors. Favors. I call it um, so tip, favors. That's a big one. Is is I think if you uh, – and if you're starting off, too, tip, tip the KJ for just good karma yeah. because, like, that guy might – you might hype you up at the end of your song. They might say something nice about you. They might just give it a nice polish to the end of maybe a, a shaky first Also, album. Also understand that whether you want to engage in the, you know, <laughs> the greed aspect of it or not, if you are just a giving person, you're just a normal person who appreciates people working, you know, a job. If you sign up for a song and you tip the KJ a dollar, which is a standard thing, tip a dollar for every time you sign up. And you do that, there are a number of people who did not tip, and you're not asking to go next. You're not even saying, yeah, they'll hey, just put, they'll just bump you they will just them. bump you because that's a nice thing that you just did in lieu of the other people doing it. Now, if we get to a point in society where tipping KJs is like tipping servers, where like, oh, it's automatic, like you know you're going to tip, then that dollar might need to turn to $2. But right now, we're still in a place as a society where not everyone's tipping the KJ. So if you just are doing the normal, which yeah. is tipping a dollar, you're automatically going to have a better placement in the lineup. And if you're hurting for cash, you don't have to tip. Just get there early then and go up earlier in the night. I feel like if you're at a bar that has karaoke and you are purchasing alcohol, you have a dollar to tip the karaoke. All right. I think that's fair enough. If you can afford a a $13 gin and tonic, you can afford a dollar for the karaoke jockey. Uh, But I do want to go back to, because this... Well, this is pick the right song for your voice is what we're theoretically on. But you had a good thing that I think actually can, can... Glue into the larger sort of theme of your podcast. Uh, you asked about, you know, you were saying like with your NBA analogy, like, you know, you got to try some different things to yeah. know what you're good at. I would say, okay, so something that I do as a regimen is if I'm going to a karaoke night and I know that like, hey, it's a big night, somebody's birthday, or we're going we're gonna to be there till two in the morning, whatever. And we get there at 10 or whatever. So everybody's going to sing a number of times. Okay. This isn't the roll in at 1.30, you know, like, right. let's get one in before the bars goes. Uh, this is a big night of karaoke. If I am doing that, I make it a point to myself to do a song that I've never done before. Interesting. I, I, I will sing the hits. I will sing my hits, but I make it a point that at some point in that night, I will sing a karaoke song I've never done before. And that's because a lot of our friends, we, we, we've, and I feel the same way. Like I, I am much more likely to do, uh, you know, I'm, I'm more likely to do all night long in front of a group of people that's never seen it before than I am with like you guys as you all seen it. So I'm still. Well, additionally, if you only have the one shot, like Eminem says, you're mm. gonna do your hit. Maybe, yeah, yeah. I I, I don't always love myself though, because I'm like, ah, I should I played a little safe. I should have pushed. But sometimes you push and you fail, and that's the key to karaoke. Is you mm-hmm. if you're not pushing into a place where you could fail. What are you even doing out there? What are you doing in life? What are you doing in life? What are you doing in life? If you're not pushing towards failure, what are you doing? 
Well, that's because you're wearing a T-shirt right now that I just wanted to tell the audience about, and it says "Karaoke is life," and I thought that <laughs> it's a pretty interesting philosophy. And on the back, it says "Failure is life." <laughs> so. it's, it's a lot, a lot going on there. <laughs> well, so anything else in sort of the pick the pick a song for your voice? I mean, for like the female listeners out there, is there anything you've noticed with women female singers? That uh, I, my biggest thing with women and uh, in general is I don't love that girls do the two, three, four girls on stage singing one song. Ah, the now, group, the group sing. We could argue that that's mm-hmm. like uh, all right, they're getting up there and they probably wouldn't do it mm-hmm. otherwise. But it's never a pleasant or enjoyable experience. Has there ever been like a three or four girl and and guys too? I don't love the group the group karaoke. You don't like the group sing, uh, despite if it's like gendered four, or not. Um, it's like four people up there, unorganized, all just kind of like yelling into the mic. Okay, so I love a duet. I okay. love a duet. Um, so I'm not. I'm definitely not against duets. Now, let's, but duets let's, much more structured, right? Well, let's preface all this by saying that duet or group sing. If you're not good at the song, which a lot of times in group sing, certain people aren't at it. You're just exacerbating the problem. So you're just putting more bad voices into something that is going to not be great already. So me saying I love a duet, I don't like doing a duet with someone who doesn't know the song. Right. That's not great. I like doing duets with people who know the song. After a duet, then you're talking and I mean, I've done this countless times. Then you're talking that like, okay, one person singing the verses and then the buddies are doing the chorus or they're kind of chiming in here and there when they kind of know it. Um, It for sure gets clustery. Um, I've definitely been a part of a Boys of Summer oh, backing sure. vocals group. We've all been there. We've all been there. Um, I would say that I don't see it as much, again, sorry to get city not as much in LA. Thing. Not as much in LA. But it's more in your, your uh, oh, you in know, Chicago? Outside of your top three markets, you know, if you're in St. Louis, Denver, I see a lot more of like group. Well, the singing. big and the celebration stuff is a part of it. So a big thing when I was, you know, hosting in Chicago. Birthday would be the birthday party or the bachelorette party or the wedding shower, whatever that would be the gaggle of right. ladies. Or, or if it's a guy's bachelor party, like the celebration of like we all have to be up there to do the thing for the person whose thing it is today or tonight. Um, and yeah, it's generally not good. <laughs> I, I'm less I'm less talking about that. And it's more like you could tell there's like two really shy guys or two really shy girls, and like the way they battle that is they go up together sure. and then both almost so, shrink even smaller. Yeah. Yeah. Because they're neither is like both think the other one's gonna mm-hmm. take care of it. It's yeah, that's a phenomenon that is unfortunate. Um I don't know how to remedy it because, you know, at the core, those people are coming from a place of goodness of we want to go up there yeah. because we're both too, you know, cowardly. That's not a good term. We're both <laughs> I don't we're think both... you're helping them if you call them cowards. <laughs> No, they're not cowards. Well, we're both a little too nervous to go up by ourselves, so we're going to bond together, and we're going to go through the haunted house together, which I applaud, you know, but yeah, oftentimes if it's two people who are scared, then it's not going to turn out well. Or, I, or I, three or four people who are scared. I think what I might recommend for the, if you feel uh, safety in numbers, then maybe say, hey, how about I'll sing the first verse, you sing the second verse. That's a great solution. As a good, this way it forces each person to kind of have to step up. Have a responsibility. Yeah, that's a great solution. Because as we learn from the failure of communism, Mm -hmm. you know, we can't all. We're still learning from it. We're still learning from it. You know, you just, you know, the collective is not always. Not everybody gets a loaf of bread. No. You can have a slice, but you don't get a loaf. All right. So pick, pick the right song for your voice. I think. 
We've covered that. And that's something you might want to play around with at home a lot. There's no shame, mm-hmm. guys, girls out there. I have definitely sung a karaoke song in my bedroom, looking at the lyrics. I think the biggest biggest thing you can do to improve your karaoke game, look at the lyrics. Well, and, also, and also, it's 2018. I mean, many, many karaoke nights, There's not. they don't even have the proprietary, you know, whatever system anymore. They have YouTube. Yeah. And they have a PA. So anybody, if you don't know this already, which I'm sure a lot of you do, click any or go search any song on YouTube and then just type karaoke version after it and it will come up and it'll be what you see at the bar. It will be the lyrics without the words and you can go nuts. And if you house. if you ran the song three times, it it doesn't matter about your voice necessarily, although that will get better, but it's really, I think karaoke is more about getting the, the pacing of the song correct, getting the lyrics correct, and getting a bit of the sense of the, of the, of where the song's going. Cause in karaoke, uh, particularly with some of the faster songs, if you don't, if you get lost, it can be pretty long time until you get caught up or you don't understand that, like, a lot of times karaoke screens, you're looking at a blank screen and then boom, you, you've thrown a whole bunch of words that you have to say real quick. I've seen a lot of people fail in the world of rap, for instance. Um, I do have to give a shout out to my buddy Travis Weathers uh, in Austin, Texas, who did one of my favorite karaoke moments, as per what you're saying, <laughs> of knowing the words or kind of knowing the words. We were in uh, Port Aransas, I believe, yeah, uh, for a buddy's bachelor party. And we went to the bar to do karaoke. And we'd had some drinks. And he requests Copperhead Road by Steve Earle. Steve Earle, I know it. Yep. A great karaoke song. And he's up there, and he's just, the song is going, but he's just not singing. Just not singing. And we're like, oh man, he's too drunk. It's not working. And then the chorus would come, and he'd get, oh, Copperhead Road! <laughs> but then the verses, nothing. And we're all putting this on him as, dang it, he's too drunk. This is bad. But then I go up there to sort of maybe help him out or see what's going on. And the lyric screen was not plugged in. Oh. My man was left high and dry. And you know what he did? He shucked and jive. He he, he stood through it. <laughs> he, didn't, he didn't sing anything. He persevered. He persevered. And it became one of the legendary karaoke stories I tell to this day on your podcast. <laughs> karaoke is good for making you put you in a place that's a little uncomfortable and letting you shine. It's a very safe space. Yeah, absolutely. I know there's absolutely. a lot of controversy about safe spaces these days, but karaoke I've, is one of the safer spaces. I've never, ever been to a karaoke, and I've been to a million of them, where anyone is booed or anyone. I don't even know how that would look. I don't even how you, I don't even know how you would do that. So um, I've never seen anyone be booed no. at a karaoke. Yeah. I've tried. <laughs> You've tried to get people to boo. They won't do Civil it. Civil War, I think, is the closest it. I came. We d- I did Civil War, which is about seven and a half minutes of... I've seen performances met with indifference. That that was met with a lot of like scorn, indifference. But no one, no one, no, no one got no one vocalized it. No so one, that was no that was vocalized their scorn to you. <laughs> uh, so and then this brings us, you know, into the terms of practicing and practicing at home and 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 yeah, YouTube. What a resource that is that we didn't sure. have yeah. when we were coming up through the ranks. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> but um, get good at one song. Yeah. Find one song. I agree. Get good at it. Meaning, yep. maybe you want to read the lyrics, go through it, sing it at home mm-hmm. ten times, fifteen times. Yeah, you know, not all at once. Just, just you know, once a day. Put that song on, sing along to it. Mm-hmm. I think a lot of people that are really good at karaoke are just natural car singers sure. or shower singers. 
So when you go to karaoke, it's like, oh yeah, I sing this song out loud all the time. But if you're not the kind of person that sings a song out loud, that's what you need to do. Just get good at one song, have it in your back pocket, and that's and a skill for life. That's a, that is a life skill. And I think it's important to consider, you know, as I think a big tenor of this podcast is, you know, how you spend your time, is if you know that so-and-so is having the big birthday on Friday and yeah. it's Monday, pull a time into that week. You don't, I mean, you can. You don't need to be practicing karaoke every day in your home. You certainly can. But if you know a big karaoke night's coming, you know, you want to go out there, you want to look good. So get that one song that you know Friday night you are going to shine like a diamond. What do you say to those listeners that are home right now? They're, little, mm-hmm. they're a little bit cynical and they're like, man, these guys are saying I have to practice karaoke at home. I mean, this sounds, you know, let's say, you, you know, you're in a conservative area. You're like, this mm-hmm. sounds like, this sounds like, I don't like the way this, I don't like the, this sounds like it's going to be embarrassing. Yeah. I'm giving this person a southern affect, but it could easily be a Minnesota. Sure. Affect. Any, anywhere. What what do you say to the to the hater that might think that's pushing it too far? I would say you're right, you don't have to practice. There you go. It's fine. <laughs> it's a free country. It's fine. <laughs> but if you do practice, but if you do practice, you're going to do better. What joy you will spread. <laughs> um and actually for, you know, for people out there in the South, country mm-hmm. songs. Oh, yeah. Some of the easiest, oh, yeah. I would say some oh, of the highest you can't lose with a on your investment. Song. Yeah. For country, sure. A good country song, Friends in Low Places. Friends in Low Places will return your investment in spades. Yeah. Yeah. Which your investment is nothing. But that we'll come back to you in applause. That might be one of the safest slam dunks of a song. Um, I'm a big fan of John Denver's Country Roads. I've done Country. I I'll Any, tell you a good karaoke story about Country Road, and I'll give all the listeners there a, a, an advanced level tip: never do Country Road in Hawaii. <laughs> I was just about to say you can do it anywhere. Does it not go over well in Hawaii? Well, here's what I learned in Maui. <laughs> yeah, they hate John Denver. Uh, they don't. They love John Denver so much that oh. they change the lyrics to be Maui specific. So when I start singing it, and I'm pretty good at Country Road, I'm like, I feel uh-huh. like I got it down. I'm like, I am getting, like, not even no love. I'm getting kind of, like, confused looks and, like, a little bit of, like, arm crossing. And it turns out that in Hawaii, they have a song that they replaced all of the landmarks and spots with different places in, you know. So, the version there would go, like, you know, Wanakia, Mauna Loa. Oh, and you were doing the American version. I was doing the American version, so... Like a colonist. Like an imperialist. Yeah. And um, Mm -hmm. so, in Hawaii... You may want to ask your KJ in Hawaii, go, are there any cultural alterations to this song? And that would, that's, it, again, that might be a little type A, but you might just want to ask in any I have new never, country. I haven't heard this story before. Oh, yeah. This wow. was down at the Maui Film Festival. And I was like, okay. oh, this one's going to cry. It kind of had, it was kind of a folksy, fun bar. I thought, yeah. oh, everyone's going to just pull together on this one. And then at, at the end, I literally asked the KJ, I go, what happened? I, something going on? I, sound weird? And he goes, oh, man. He's like, you need to know that, that this is like a, it's like a whole different version than we do down here. You're a total Hallie. Yeah, so it was just like I've basically seen bigger waves in my toilet bowl. And 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 Maui, they they like. There's a bit of a locals versus tourist vibe. I think yeah. I stepped into the into the muck on that one. That's um, all right. That's I never heard that before. Um, our buddy Travis Nicholson, he does a great job of Amarillo by Morning. I don't know that song. Amarillo by Morning, up from San Antonio. It's a great country song. Uh, George Strait, Randy Travis. Um, And it does have a octave up at the end of it, but it's an easy one. Yeah. So, yeah, country songs. Ring of Fire by Johnny 
Johnny Cash. Uh, Cash. Cash. Yep. It, it, any guy can sing in that that register. that range for sure. Yeah. Any Johnny Cash song you're gonna do well with. Yeah. It's country songs are yeah they're golden at karaoke. Um. So practice one song, get good at it. Uh, number five, we have show, not sing. And I think this is really again. Now in LA and any market, if you can sing lights out, you don't even need to listen to this podcast. You're doing great. Uh, but I do think that for those people out there that wonder, huh, I hit those notes perfectly. That was the song, you know, I just did Annie, mm-hmm. you know, pitch perfect. Why wasn't everyone into it? And cause I call it the Anne Hathaway effect. Mm-hmm. No one loves to see someone be too good at anything. Yep. They want to see you struggle. And if you're really, really good at a song, it's not that interesting to see you just effortlessly belt it out. So show not sing means even if you can sing, but more to those who can't, if you can't sing, you got to put on a show. Yes. There. Okay. So I have two thoughts on this. One is absolutely. If you are a professional singer and we encounter these people in Los Angeles all the time, whether they're in bands or whether they're musical theater people. And I mean, even more so when I've done karaoke in New York, where there are lots of musical theater people, Social media influencers. That's right. Uh, You're an amazing singer. And people are just there to have a good time. Now, I think there's a few bars in New York. There's one kind of well-known one, which I'm blanking on, that a lot of, like, musical theater people go to on, like, Monday nights when their show's dark. We stumbled into, what, like, Gower Gulch or something? We went to that one night. Maybe some Pantages people were there doing that. We have some NYU friends that are kind of in the musical theater scene. Yeah. So... Shout out to Rachel Walker. um, So... Yes, so and, and everybody's there to have a good time, and they're there to have a good time too, but you're absolutely right. You're a professional singer. You can knock it out of the park. You're doing amazing. You might win a Tony Award. You're in the bar. You're having a good time. You need to give us the show. You need to sing, you know, so, uh, what's the Little Mermaid song? Somewhere up there? The uh, Part of Your World? Uh, <laughs> somebody just did this two nights ago is why I'm thinking. She was really good at it. But what she did was she sat up on the booth and she sort of flopped her legs like she was had a fishtail. And it was hilarious. And people That's got fun. a big kick out. She was acting like Ariel the Little Mermaid. Because she's putting herself out there. Putting herself out Vulnerability there. Vulnerability. Having is what a good time. She didn't miss a note. She was note for note on that song. And had she just stood there and done that, like, enjoy what I do for you people, it would have been what you're saying. It would have been like, oh, God. It's like if, I, if you were to play Roger Federer in, in tennis and he's just going to serve at 110 miles per hour. Right. It's like, hey. Roger, can on, we Roger. can we both play? Come on, Roger. So that's it's exactly that's a crucial thing. Now here's another little tip. Well, tip and tidbit, and I don't want to reveal tidbit or a tip. A tidbit and t- it's a tid it's a tip of a tidbit. Okay. Uh, I don't want to reveal all my karaoke secrets here. I know. I was too. wondering if you're holding back on any real real gems because I I don't want to reveal like your whole catalog and then you got you know. How many listeners do I have? Like hundreds of thousands of people flooding the bars of Los well, Angeles. Know, it's, it'll be welcomed. It'll be well. It'll it'll be good business for those establishments. Uh, I sometimes will purposefully flub a word or two just to get like doesn't that seem like just to ingratiate? Yeah. Interesting. Is yeah. that what George Bush was doing all those years? Yes, it was. He was just bringing us in a little closer. He get, we gave him eight years. They're giving, they're giving me a little extra plus. Have you ever thought about doing the Louis C.K. thing where you just say, you know what? I'm retiring all my classics and I'm just starting fresh. I'm not going to really answer any questions about Louis C.K. <laughs> <laughs> Smart. Fair enough. 
Um, or, or any comparisons to him. Any other tips? <laughs> so, any other tips in the show, not sing category? I think you kind of adjust them earlier. Get get away from the mic stand. You know, mm-hmm. figure out how much chord you're working with. Yep. Go to the right side of the room. Go to the left side of the if room. If you know the song well enough, where you don't need to look at the screen, people love that. And that's. And I don't I, think that's I, being I too. I struggle there. I have to be no, no, pretty on the screen. No, you know, that's karaoke. You're supposed yeah. to look at the screen. I'm just saying, if you do know it well, that's fun. There. That's fun for everybody to yeah. see a just singing a song that you know. Great. Yeah, for sure. Get out there. Get in that audience. Um. Always thank the bartenders. That's a good. That's a really good Kevin Brennan tip. You yep. always good about thanking the bartenders. Tell thanking them to the, the bartenders. Yeah, thank everybody. Yep. Um, what else? What, what's our What's our next? Well, last but not least, there? we have yeah. Liquid Courage. Ah, speaking of the bartenders, because I have definitely had nights where I thought maybe I'll have a shot and a beer, and it wasn't like my first shot in the beer of the night. Before I do this song, I'm nervous about, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and it's pretty. I think it's it can quickly your tongue can get away from you, get a little mm-hmm. little slurry, mm-hmm. a little harder uh, to process. You, you know, fine motor controls, mm-hmm. and uh, I caution. But you, you, your advice to me before we uh, <clears throat> start recording was to get as close to that limit as possible. Yeah, get as close to the edge without falling off. This is, you know, I mean, I'm speaking from my personal liver and You're brain an situation. Irishman. Yeah, I, I can take the booze. Um, I am, an, you know, a person that alcohol is a depressant, so it depresses my inhibitions like it does most people. Mm. And therefore... I didn't know you had any inhibitions, that's so that's good to know. <laughs> you mostly hang out with me when I'm drunk, so you don't see them. Oh, I see. Um, but yeah, I'm a believer in that. For, for karaoke, this is not a life lesson, folks. Uh, is that it... it it lowers your inhibition, so you're going to put on a better show. Um, and I say, yes, don't get slurring vomit on yourself drunk, which I actually did when I did karaoke. That's a whole other story. Yeah, yeah. Um, we don't need to tell these the <laughs> listeners. We don't have to go story. into dark karaoke. Uh, but no, I say, yes, you want to lower your inhibitions. You want to be putting on a show. The slurring of the words, you know, if that's part of your... You know, when you get too drunk, you slur the words. No, I don't. No one cares about that. We're all there with alcohol. <laughs> um, unless you're, you know, unless you're trying to be a spot on performer. But that's that's part of it. Um, I would say, say a three drink buzz. I think three drinks for a guy, two and a half for a girl would be a good. You got a buzz. You have one of my favorite stand up bits of yours is about the testing what the DUI level should be. Per person, when you go to the DMV, if you get a 12-pack... Everyone's different. Everyone's different. And when you veer out of the lanes, that's your your actual... Yeah, six beers for me may not be six (laughs) beers for you. This is true. So I think that's that's a very personal thing. I think in general, if you're a drinker, and this is only for the drinkers out there, if you're a drinker, then yeah, get get it on. Like, get close to the edge. (laughs) And give us all you got. Okay? Safely. Safely. Take take your Ubers, take your Lyfts, don't hurt anyone. Tequila can be a good little upper... Sure. Before a song, you know, so that's possibly. I I don't. I've never smoked a lot of weed before while karaoke. Uh, karaoke, but does that? I I would wonder uh, if that's a bad idea. I think that's again per. Uh, I feel. I mean, a weed, weed in general, I think, isn't a big exciter. I'm not. I'm not a big weed. It's guy, legal so here in, in LA, so that's what we're talking about here. Yeah, but if you're, uh, I feel like if you're having the weed, you're mostly want to sit around and not be active or. You may, you may not be getting up doing a karaoke. Maybe not, but some people might be different. I, there's a strain, I think, called Sativa that gets you excited. <laughs> um, yeah. That's a different podcast. That's a different podcast. <laughs> that I would that's, not that's be a, a, well, I would I'll, not be I'll a guest I definitely on. have, if, if people at home 
want it, we should definitely do a full the the weed the, the official weed episode. I will because I'm learning a lot having legal weed now in L.A. <laughs> oh, yeah. um, the official term is marijuana. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like I finally maybe figured out that I used to not, never be able to smoke pot, but I would try like once a month just to see if I was missing something. Sure. And then I always feel like too, but now with all the information we have, I feel like. I feel like it's a bit more of an approachable uh, substance. Well, and I think I know the regulation is not fully in place yet, for yeah. sure. But I do feel like the growers are more like I mean, the science is now that it's legal. Yeah, we, I, mean, I mean, ten years ago, you didn't. You, you just said, "Oh, I'll smoke." What is that? It's weed. Mm-hmm. Now people are like, "Oh, it's oh, a yeah. sativa. It's low THC. It's right. a little, you know, it's a, a little CBD it's a little in there." Right. So, um, and also you hear from the old timers, which like, you and I, I guess, are that. But I mean, like our parents or whatever, is you hear they're like, "Yeah, back in the '60s, somebody rolled a joint, and you would just you would smoke a joint, and you'd be fine." It's and I've had this happen. I've had the oh, try this gummy. Oh God, good, edibles. Good, good luck for the next six hours. I can safely <laughs> say this. Don't mess with edibles and karaoke. <laughs> edibles, I know every bad story I've heard about weed smoking is is in the is because of edibles. Well, so I guess that's not weed smoking. That's just sure. weed ingestion. Yeah. Um, all right. So let's let's recap here okay. our list, our top tips. Because I think yeah. we even came across a few that are good. So yeah. basically, make sure the song means something to you. It's better be a song you love. Don't mm-hmm. pick it because it's popular. Right. Uh, pick for the chorus. Not the song. I think if you're a newbie, you're getting you're, mm-hmm. you're more of a sideliner and you're just getting into it. Look for a song with a good chorus. Make yep. sure there's not a lot of long guitar solos. Think about those country songs. That we country about. songs. Mm-hmm. Those are easy. Bon Jovi. Mm-hmm. Um, be careful if you can't get to those those John Bon vocal ranges though. <laughs> um, pick a song for your voice. So right on that note there. Yep. Uh, you know Johnny Cash, great for guys. For girls, is there what's the equivalent of of, of like girls Johnny Cash? Um, I, I mean, I hear a lot of like Joan Jett, you know. Oh yeah, Joan Jett's a, a pretty yeah. easy song. Like I love rock and roll. Uh-huh. Yep. What's what? What else is she? Um, got? I feel like. What about Pat Benatar? Is that yeah. is that more advanced level? No, she's not right on par with Joan Jett. If you're no doing one does Hell is for fine. Children as much as I wish they would. Do. Ooh, no one does do Hell is for Children enough. Uh, which in that same vein, uh, a lot of. Danzig is fun. Well, not Mother. Mother is the only Mother. Danzig song that people sing, which that's a great karaoke one. All right, so pick the song for your your voice. <coughs> Get good at one song, guys. That means practice at home. Don't be afraid to feel a little bit like an idiot. Yep. You can also do it on your iPhone. Just. Get a sense of the rhythm, the pacing of the song. It doesn't matter mm-hmm. if you can sing it perfectly, but knowing that rhythm, knowing that pacing will get you a little out of that karaoke screen and a little bit more engaging with your audience. Utilize YouTube. And if you do want to have, you know, do the practicing, know that, and I've done this many a time, with a very small investment into a microphone and a tiny amplifier, Ooh. you can just have karaoke at your house anytime. Because I bet you, if you searched Amazon right now, you could probably find something for under twenty bucks. Oh, I bought one for my nephews for Christmas. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. Karaoke machine. You plug in your iPod or iPhone or whatever. Oh. People have iPods. People right. have iPods. Okay, I think a couple do. You plug that. In. You plug in your mobile digital music your, player. <laughs> your Microsoft Zune. <laughs> you plug that in there. Plug your Zune. Is in. that a Zune slot? <laughs> um. So on that note, um, show. Not sing again for you, really advanced singers who can just you know you, you little songbirds out there. 
we know you can do a great song. Don't be the Roger Federer serving 110. Give us a little something. Give us a little vulnerability. Give us a little fun. Yeah, give us a little vulnerability. Make a show of it. Flub a word. I'm going to tell you a little tip from my basket. If you're going to drink, my advice, two to three, is about right. Kevin says go right to the the edge of blackout. I I say don't let Jeff Grace put numbers on your party. Don't let me. Say, you, you know your body. Jeff you're more libertarian. Your body. Don't like put that. your laws on my body. You're a libertarian. You want everyone to have their, their own limits. I do. Which I think is fair. <laughs> and then I think we a huge thing that we forgot about, and I think we we uh, should end on here, is tip your KJ, your yeah. karaoke jockey. Absolutely. Tip them. Tip them. They will help get you in line. Mm-hmm. If it's your first time up, give them five bucks and say, I'm a little yeah. nervous. I'm going up for the first time. Yeah. That guy will make sure that you are out on a good note yeah. and will pump the audience up for you. Ooh, in that same sort of um, yeah. vein, and you know, uh, I don't know if you do supplements to the podcast on the web. We can yeah, well, the, we publish, we we publish a list. Show notes. Show notes. Perfect. We can put this in the show notes, but uh, it'll be Los Angeles-centric for sure. But uh, if you're serious about your karaoke, get a karaoke home base. Meaning, get a bar that you know that every Tuesday, every Wednesday, every Sunday, whenever they do it, you know, know that you're there. Um, which means you can... Most, well, not most. A lot, of, a lot of Sundays you can find Jeff or I at the drawing room. <laughs> the, the drawing room, and if you get there at nine and you don't see anyone there, that's just because it starts that damn yeah. late. Uh-huh. Um, um, so get a home based karaoke, and don't be afraid to you know try other places. But if you're serious about your karaoke game, get a spot where you know the KJ kind of knows you, and it, it doesn't have to be every week. But you know, if you want to get serious about your karaoke game, put a little time, put in ten thousand hours, become an expert. So you guys get out there this weekend. Go do a little karaoke. Mm-hmm. Make a plan with your friends. Try a song you haven't tried before. Get you know get to get a little practice in, and yeah. then uh, tweet us on how it went. Uh, my Twitter is at Jeff Grace. Kevin, what is are you on the twi- Twitter? I'm on the Twitter. I think I'm just I think I'm Ke- Kevin and Brent. Oh, that's what I'm on. I'm on the Instagram more than I'm on the Twitter. So can, just- can they insta? You have to be like friends with you then or something. It's it's complicated. Oh, is it? But they can they can check check out your lifestyle there. Sure, yeah, look at my lifestyle. It's Kevin M. Brennan. Kevin M. Brennan. Yeah. Sort of a social media influencer amongst uh, (laughs) his, you know, immediate peers. And um, all right, guys, well, have a good karaoke out there. We'll be back next week. And this has been Self Obsessed. Hey guys, if you're liking the podcast and want to help us out, just a quick reminder to go to iTunes, leave us a review, leave a comment, suggest some new people we should have on the show, topics you want us to discuss, and you can also do the same on Twitter. You can hit me up at at Jeff Grace, and otherwise, I will talk to you all next week. Bye-bye. Okay, we are recording. Hello there. Welcome to Self-Obsessed with Jeff Grace, the only podcast in the world. That's not true. That's not true. Let's start this intro over again.